welcome to the family here on Purple Mafia. I am your host, Paladino Joey, or Joey Awajan. Purple Mafia is available on the sportstuff.com, iTunes, Stitcher, and Double Twist. A pleasure to be back on board once again. We're going to do a free agency roundup, at least at this point. I think that uh, things have slowed down enough that we'll come on the show and get her done here. We'll also do a bit of a draft preview. Should be a three-segment show. We'll go free agency segment one. Draft preview segment number two. Kind of tough when there's no first round pick, but still, you know, you want to look at who the Vikings could take and, you know, like (laughs) rant and rave about certain players that would be very exciting or not the best idea, that type of thing. And of course, again, fan interaction segment number three. So let's jump into free agency and a fairly exciting free agency this time around. A little bit more going on. Doesn't give me the feeling like the Vikings are on their way to a 15-1 season just yet, but hey, well, you never know. <laughs> Did you think the 98 Vikings are going to be 15-1? That's a good way to look at it, I suppose. Well, let's talk about the losses first, or should we start with the... Nah, let's go with the losses, unfortunately. Yep, Adi Cole has signed with the Jacksonville Jaguars for two years, $2.6 million, and not a whole lot guaranteed in that one. Rhett Ellison, which became controversial on March the 10th, uh, signed with the New York Giants, the New York Giants, four years, $18 million, $8 million guaranteed. That's a lot, but then again, I've always liked Rhett Ellison, a blocking tight end, blocking fullback type of guy. Always liked him. I see him as a it's a significant loss, to be quite honest. Uh, his father, Ricky Ellison, former NFL player, Kind of a kind of being a bit of a jackass going on and on about the Vikings, saying that they have questionable leadership and such uh, in the front office, players, all that. Well, you know what? I don't blame a guy for voicing his opinion and all that. <clears throat> it can be interesting. It can be fun. It certainly makes shows like this more interesting, or say live shows during the during the week, stuff like that. But I don't know. Um, was it really necessary? Not sure. I'm not sure Red Ellison was that pissed off, but uh, if the Giants gave him a generous offer, so be it. And the Vikings weren't willing to, to match it or go above and beyond, you know, all that. That's a lot of money, and I don't know. Ah, the Vikings need offensive linemen, even though Red Ellison being a blocking tight end, extremely valuable, but again, oft injured. Charles Johnson signed with the Carolina Panthers for one year, $2.2 million. Um... Let the door hit you where the good Lord split you, as Brent Jacobson would say. Uh, you know, great. Uh, athletic, all that good stuff. Could make a play once once every 10 games or so. I, I just, I, ah, you know, see you later. I wasn't impressed at all. He had a couple of good moments about three years ago, and ever since then, you know, we didn't see it. We just did not see it from the guy. And so many opportunities to make huge plays that would change the game, and he wouldn't bring down the ball. I mean, you got to catch the ball. If you're a wide receiver... The object is to catch the ball, and Charles Johnson was not doing his job. <clears throat> Quite frankly, if your job is to pump gas, and you're instead spilling gas all over the <laughs> pump gas, you know you're spilling gas all over the driveway. I don't think you're doing your job. Just stuff like that. Charles Johnson catch the bleeping ball. So good luck in Carolina. Whatever. Cam Newton. Yeah, Cam Newton's a jackass anyway. So speaking of the Carolina Panthers, Matt Khalil will be joining his brother Ryan Khalil, the center of the Carolina Panthers. Ryan and Matt Khalil, five years, $55 million, $25 million guaranteed to the son of a gun. Congratulations, Matt Khalil. Um, it's a bummer to see him go, I suppose. He'd been an underachiever for what he was. I mean, third overall pick in the draft, or really fourth overall pick, because the Vikings traded down <laughs> in the, yeah, a very forgettable running back who ended, up, who ended up doing a whole lot of nothing with Cleveland. Yeah, very forgettable running back. Uh, so, good trade for the Vikings, kind of. And then, 
Matt Khalil didn't get anything for us. So, but at least we got some picks to help us trade up later on in the future. Jeff Locke? Jeff Locke is leaving? What? Like, really? Why? Why? Why is Jeff Locke leading? Leaving, pardon me. Uh, okay, well, two years. Excuse me. Yes, two years, $3.45 million. Okay, three, basically $3.5 million. Um, okay, well, it's a fairly not a generous contract, I suppose, from the Indianapolis Colts, but, geez, we couldn't even keep Jeff Locke. That's kind of weird. Weird offseason. Yeah, Carolina Panthers are kind of having a good time, too, aren't they? They're kind of, yeah, because they got a third guy. We'll talk about him in a second. But even Jeff Locke, man, what a bummer. I kind of liked him the last couple of years as well, this year especially. He finally started really showing some value. He started getting better. Last year, a lot of people ranted about him and mistakes and weak puns and this and that. But, hmm, well, I, that's the end of Jeff Locke, I guess. But then again, punters are a dime a dozen. You can bring a guy in off the streets. I mean, nobody knew who Chris Cluey was when he got him, and he was a hell of a punter for a while. Then as he started to decline, he started flapping his lips, and uh, yeah, whether or not you agree with his political leanings, which, well, you know, <laughs> a lot of us don't, uh, and a lot of people do, it got it got annoying. Even if you do agree with it, I would think it would get annoying after a while, and it did, uh, whatever. So it's, sometimes it's just too much. And then you bring in Jeff Locke via the draft, and he just was just mediocre as hell, and Chris Cluey kept flapping his lips regardless if he was with the Raiders. Or on Twitter with his Warcraft, uh, his Warcraft uh, profile picture. We're happy for you there. Get a life, dude. Um, but uh, yeah, well, Jeff Locke's gone. <laughs> Point made. Captain Munnerlin, the captain, Captain Morgan Munnerlin, $21 million? Two a ten and a half guaranteed four years to the Carolina Panthers again. Going back home with the Panthers, Captain Munnerlin. Ouch. I kind of liked Captain Munnerlin. Um, his first year was good, his second year, not so much. Well, or is it vice versa? Uh, but really, underneath Mike Zimmer, for the most part, he was pretty solid. He, You know, he'd have his good games, he'd have his moments. But, I don't know, he, he's a loss. And now, we're definitely looking at Mackenzie Alexander at the moment to be the slot corner. Can he do it? I hope so. I've always liked him. It's not really his position, though. Uh, he can play it, I'm sure. God willing. I like... <laughs> I like... McKenzie Alexander an awful lot, if you hadn't noticed. But then when he got to play in regular season games, I don't know, maybe I didn't like him as much. And it's kind of not the best thing you ever saw. Huh. Not the best thing you ever saw. Uh, but uh, so, well, it's his job for the moment. No free agency, no free agent cornerback has been signed at this point. That's going to really turn any heads. We got the draft coming up. But then again, that's a guy who's got less experience than McKenzie Alexander. And you're talking second round and beyond. Are you going to really take a cornerback with our second round pick? Or are you going to take Joe Mixon? Hmm. Or are you going to have to trade up to even think about getting Joe Mixon? That guy, boy, I've got some opinions on him uh, as a player. Off the field, well, just hope and pray for the best. But, mm -mm. man, oh man, uh, there's things I'm seeing out of that guy. Whoa. <laughs> but uh, then again, do you want to go with a running back after you signed one, which we'll talk about in a second? Or do you want to get building on that freaking offensive line that's been a problem since 2009, pretty much? 10, at least? Come on, now. Come on, now. <laughs> but yes, the captain is gone, and that kind of sucks. I kind of like him, and he kind of liked us, and I don't know, I guess he likes Carolina, too, because they offered him a beautiful contract, and he played there before, familiarity and all that. So, what are you going to do, eh? 
what are you going to do? Pardon my Canadian accent there, <laughs> which I'm not Canadian, but sometimes I throw it in, I suppose, for the hell of it. Uh, Cordero Patterson, we knew this was coming. Oaktown, Oakland, Las Vegas Raiders? Yeah, Las Vegas Raiders. We'll talk about that in fan interaction. But uh, the Las Vegas, Oakland, whatever the hell they are. The Raiders of Las Vegas. That sounds kind of cool, actually. It sounds better than Las Vegas Raiders. The Raiders of Las Vegas. The autumn wind is a gambler. He steals money from you as he cheats on his cards. Okay, sorry. <laughs> as long as he doesn't bet on games and throw games and trim the point spread. The autumn wind will be a raider. Okay, you get the idea. Just, yeah, don't trim the point spread. But then again, if somebody's going to trim the point spread, they're going to do it anyway, regardless if they're in Las Vegas or, or Oakland or St. Paul <laughs> or Duluth. Okay, you get the idea. Cordero Patterson is joining the autumn wind. Damn, two years, $8.5 million, $5 million guaranteed. Fairly generous contract for a guy who did a whole lot of nothing with Minnesota. Showed flashes, and he was called the Flash, yes, but his hair was flashing around more than his game for the longest period of time. and it, Yeah, um, fun season last year. Funny, though, when a guy steps up when it's his contract year. Warning, warning, warning. Red triangle with the exclamation point in the middle. Or is it yellow? But whatever it is, it can be both, I suppose. Warning. Contract year. Contract year. Remember? Remember contract years, what they do? They get you all excited. You send them to huge contracts. They come back the next year, and they suck. Okay. Maybe not all the time, but a lot of times they kind of tend to do that. So, I don't know. Maybe they're not quite as good. We'll see if Cordero Patterson can continue to emerge. And he's got a quarterback who can throw the ball just a little bit as long as his ankle's mended and ready to go. And I'm not trying to make a pun there. God bless Mr. Carr there. Uh, We'll see what happens, though. Uh, Can Cordero Patterson get it done? We'll just have to wait and see. Uh, It's all on him. Derek Carr, of course. I keep, see, it's like I keep blanking David, Derek, David, Derek. It's Derek. Derek's a much better one. David's the garbage with Houston. <clears throat> but um, we'll see what happens. Will he be an actual part of the offense? Will he just be a special team superstar, whatever it is? And yes, he's always been good on special teams, but it was nice to see him actually be a little something on the offense. But it seems like he's more of the kind of guy who uses trick plays, like reverses and, and such and stuff like that, fakes and all that. He's not a guy you necessarily throw down the field to, but... Maybe Oakland will figure out a way to get that done. Uh, well, just have to let that uh, develop as it does. So let's get to guys that are getting re-signed, guys that, would, that didn't leave the Vikings. We'll start with the least interesting one, even though he's got some value. You know, he was okay last year. He played some tackle, obviously right tackle, left tackle with the injuries and the, and the poor play by C.J. C. Clemmings and the injuries to Khalil and Andre Smith and and the retirement of Phil Odeholt, and the, yeah, that was fun, wasn't it? Wasn't that a fun, like, summer and, and early fall? Wasn't that fun? I mean, your offensive line was going down like flies. It was just a joke. Just a joke. But Jeremiah Searles was okay. He represented, he started out all right, and he dropped off, and he was okay, and he dropped off, and he's just, I don't know, he is what he is. He's, I don't know. You really want him starting? Maybe, maybe he has to. Um, he can play tackle, he can play guard, and we say that about every offensive lineman, it seems like, but certain guys are better at certain sides. Uh, Searles was better at left tackle than C.J. Clemmings. Clemmings is all about right tackle, and that's about it. You put him at left tackle, it's like, well, <laughs> yeah, yeah, not a good plan. Uh, one year, $690,000 for Jeremiah Searles. 
He has re-signed with the Minnesota Vikings. So good to have him back. Uh, Terrence Newman, the ageless Terrence Newman, the Methuselah of the Vikings, has been re-signed again. Another one-year deal. $3.25 million and one and a half guaranteed. Adam Thielen. Who's this Adam Thielen guy from Detroit Lakes? He's just some white guy. He can't catch. No, yes, he can. Uh, he's athletic. He can do anything. I mean, $11 million guaranteed, $17 million, three years. Adam Thielen. Resigned with the Minnesota Vikings. Congratulations on the nice contract. And this is a guy who earned this, earned this money, earned this position with the Minnesota Vikings. He's the number two wide receiver on the team behind Stefan Diggs, and that's it. I mean, that's it. Uh, you go into this draft looking for a wide receiver, I think it's silly. You still have Laquan Treadwell, woo-hoo, and you hope for the best there, but I don't know. Um, we'll worry about free, uh, We'll worry about the draft. You get a wide receiver, you get it later. You don't go early, but again, I'm jumping in way too early at the moment. The free agent acquisition starting off the free agency period, March the 10th, Riley Reef, as we sat there watching other guys get signed, going to the Rams, staying with uh, and such. So frustrating, so depressing watching that happen. But when you think, why wouldn't you just come here? It's better than the freaking Rams. What are they going to do? What are they going to do? But Riley Reef ends up coming to the Vikings, so PA's favorite guy, at least going in. At least you got one of them. You're hoping for Reef and another guy, but, well, we got another guy, but not as good as uh, some of the other guys that were available. <laughs> Would have been... Nice to bring some of them in. It's depressing seeing the guys like Wentworth go to uh, Whitworth, excuse me, go to uh, Los Angeles. Kevin Zedler go to Cleveland. I mean, really, Cleveland, really. T.J. Lang goes from Green Bay to Detroit. Isn't that great? So he gets, I guess, he kind of replaces Riley Reef. Oh, goody, Ricky Wagner also goes to Detroit. So now the Detroit offensive line, I guess, getting a little better, even though Riley Reef is gone. And Reef, you know, we'll see. He's got a, he's got something going on. He's he's all right. Uh, we'll hope for, hope he ends up being as good as some people are saying. But again, um, yeah, Russell Okun, huge one there as well. He's on his way out to the L.A. Chargers. I mean, what's up with this? I mean, I'm sure the Chargers, it's a nice place and everything. Nice to go to L.A. and everything, but none of these teams are good. I mean, really, so I guess everybody's going to L.A. that we wanted. Maybe those two teams will get better. I mean, Russell Okung, wouldn't that have been nice? Maybe Riley Reef and Russell Okung, you look at that as well. The offensive line's in good hands. And maybe bringing a T.J. Lang or something. Wouldn't that be really good? T.J. Lang had had a... You know, P.J. Lang, definitely a solid guy, oft injured, but still solid. Uh, Whitworth, Andrew Whitworth, aging, but offensive linemen hang around for many years as long as they don't get hurt all the time. So, yeah, that's kind of where we're standing with that. But again, Riley Reef, pretty big, pretty big contract. Five years, 58, pretty much 59 million, over 26 of it guaranteed over five years. Mike Remmers, also a guy who was well, already here a couple of years ago, 2013, in training camp, cut from training camp, which is kind of funny and sad at the same time, will be leaving the Carolina Panthers to also sign with the Minnesota Vikings. So you get two tackles coming in. I guess you get Riley Reef left tackle, Mike Remmers right tackle, at least at this stage. We'll see what happens. Maybe guys get shuffled around and such, but at this stage, that's where they're going. $30 million, ten and a half guaranteed, five years for Mike Remmers, who was adequate with Carolina. A lot of people... Not too impressed with this signing. But, again, is he better than what we had last year? Yes. Is Riley Reef better than what we had last year? Yes. Did we overpay for these guys? Probably. <laughs> Probably. But did we have to? Yeah. And luckily the Vikings still have a ton of uh, reagency money if need be. But 
I don't know. Um, a lot of the main guys out there have been signed already. There's one really main guy, or at least formerly main guy, who's still a free agent. Went to Seattle. They didn't give him a contract. He's on a, uh, he left. That'd be Adrian Peterson again. He's been visiting other teams, hoping for this, hoping for that. They end up bringing in other players. Now the New England Patriots visited them. He left, but that doesn't mean it's over. But maybe he's looking for too much money, too much snaps, or all the above. Probably all the above. But Adrian Peterson, we'll see what happens. Will he wind up with the New England Patriots? Possibly. Possibly. Um... It would be a very New England Patriots type of move, bringing an aging guy who's had talent, the Fred Taylors, of course, LeGarrette Blunt, Randy Moss, many others along the way who've shown extreme promise And when they played their role properly. Uh, Randy Moss played a pretty good role, but then again, you know, I mean, it's Tom Brady's throwing you the ball. Tom Brady, he's never really had star receivers except for that those couple of years with Moss when Moss was on his game. And he had a record-breaking type of season with uh, Tom Brady in 2007. Unfortunately, they could not finish the job at the last minute there, but it is what it is. Uh, Dayton Jones, the former Green Bay Cocker defensive lineman, kind of a special, kind of a, kind of a, you know, specialist in a sense, pass rusher. We like Dayton Jones here. Uh, not bad. One year, about four million, little under that, about a quarter under four million dollars. Dayton Jones, just a nice depth addition to the defensive line rotations and you want to do a pass rush, stuff like that. A very Mike Zimmer type of a move. Not bad. I'm not I'm not against it at all. And very inexpensive too when you consider you have you had like thirty million under the cap coming in, so not too bad. But what happens with the whole running back situation? Are we gonna ever sign anybody, or are we just gonna sit here forever without a running back? Eddie Lacy goes to frickin' Seattle. Of course, uh, Mr. Beast Mode, all, all, whatever his name is, right? Mr. Beast Mode looking to come back finally. But now with the Seattle Seahawks. Uh, Eddie Lacy, the Vikings had him in town. He left town and he ended up signing with Seattle. Um, don't know. Uh, Jamal Charles still available, but do you really want to bring him in because he gets hurt every five seconds? So is it really worth it at this stage? You get other aging guys like D'Angelo Williams and such. But then there's the guy that people have talked about all the time. A solid running back with the Oakland Raiders, soon to be Las, uh, Las Vegas Raiders, Latavius Murray. And he did come in town, and he did get signed by the Minnesota Vikings. So the Vikings do have a starting running back, maybe a Chester Taylor type of guy in Latavius Murray because of the fact he can block and he can pass catch, something that never happened with the Minnesota Vikings in the past. So nice, very happy to have Latavius in town. A big guy, a beast of a guy. He signed again through 2019. As mentioned, 12 touchdowns, a bit of a goal line threat, 230 pounds, six foot three, six foot three. So even bigger than Adrian Peterson. A year ago in 2015, he did reach the thousand yard mark, averaging about well a certain number there, six point sixty six point six. Ouch, that's a crazy number uh, yards. Doesn't fumble very often. Only six fumbles in his career, so that's not too bad. Uh, guys fumble and only two lost in his entire career. So that's important of note. It's one thing you fumble, it's another if their fumbles lost. Like Adrian, it's like two fumbles lost basically in a couple of games. Where this guy, it's his whole career in forty five games so far with the Oaktown Raiders, initially drafted in the sixth round. So again, further proof that you can get running backs in later rounds, and maybe the Vikings will do that in this year's draft, or maybe they'll go crazy and get Joe Mixon. We'll see. And I would not be against getting Joe Mixon, but at the same time, let's uh, let's uh, be honest here about that one. Uh, definitely a solid receiving back, though. Over 200 yards last year, 264 yards, 232 yards the year before, 41 receptions in 2015, 33 in 2016, 91 total 
in his career. Definitely a guy who can hang on, or yeah, he can hang on to the football, which is good. He can block, and he can pass catch. So he brings other attributes other than just running the ball. Adrian was a great runner, very valuable. He had that quick first step, and at the same time, he could really turn it on and go into that third gear that very few running backs have. And that's what was great about Adrian Peterson when you heard the words, <laughs> when you would hear the words, he's loose, of course, from Paul Allen, the voice of the Minnesota Vikings, the Vox, as he likes to call himself. But uh, Latavius Murray brings a running back who can block, who can catch, and yes, can run the ball and is a goal line threat as well. 12 touchdowns last season for the Oakland Raiders. Just as long as you can get him to the red zone, doggone it, not throw interceptions, not get three and outs or sacks, stuff like that. Hopefully the Vikings can continue to build this offensive line during the course of the offseason. So that would be greatly appreciated. Uh, veteran quarterback brought in as well, Case Keenum. This just happened. Case Keenum, just a couple of days ago, brought in for a fairly small, <laughs> just a one-year deal, $2 million for one year. Case Keenum brought in to be the backup quarterback under Sam Bradford. Teddy Bridgewater, still unknown, yet you're seeing tweets out there of him throwing the ball with the the uh, full-leg uh, brace on. Full-leg brace for Mr. Teddy Bridgewater. But he looked okay. So, But again, it was just for like a second. So we'll see. Uh, the Brownwood, Texas native, Case Keenum, the Los Angeles Ram, the St. Louis Ram, or Houston, no, <laughs> Houston Texan in the past, of course. Not too bad. Not too bad. Uh, 9-11 last year, though. Nine touchdowns, 11 interceptions. This was an inside job. Watch out for that. Um... Ten games last year with the oft-awful Los Angeles Rams. Terrible team last year. Case Keenum, mediocre at best, unfortunately. But in the past, in, in spot duty here and there, Houston and L.A., or St. Louis the year before, of course, not too bad. More touchdowns and interceptions, at least. Nine touchdowns, six interceptions the year before, uh, way back in 2013. Yeah, way back, right? <laughs> not that long ago. And uh, two and two, only played in two games the year after that. Quarterback rating... Not, not at 80, just kind of a mediocre guy. Might even be a third stringer at the end of the day if Mr. Taylor Heineke or Teddy Bridgewater have something to say about it. So we'll see. Case Keenum at this point will wear the number 7 for the Minnesota Vikings. His number 7's had some good history and some bad history for the Minnesota Vikings over the course of many years. You go ahead and name the names. Uh, you, you know, I, I know them, but don't need to name them all right now. Some good, some bad. One recent that was pretty awful. We'll try not to think about him too much. Um, so it is what it is there. <sighs> fun. Fun, though. I mean, it, it's fun to bring in new players, hope for the best. Free agency is always fun. It's a fresh new start for certain guys. Uh, Ryan Quig- Quigley, Ryan Quigley from Arizona, will be the punter for the Minnesota Vikings at this stage, at least. Uh, a couple of uh, training camp inventees, Mitch Matthew, Nick Truesdell at this stage. They're pretty much, uh, you know, practice guys. Uh, Terrell Sinkfield Jr. It's like, you never know, but eh, I don't know. I don't know. Uh, Scott Crichton on his way to Buffalo as well. Unfortunately, signed off the waiver. Scott Crichton was cut and signed with Buffalo. Andre Smith was cut and signed with Cincinnati. Cincinnati, Ohio. As these just happened not too long ago. Maybe uh, not too long ago at all, to be quite honest. So that's the case at this point. They're kind of a little bit lesser names. Scott Crichton, though, had some moments. You know, nice little pass rusher for the Vikings in the past. But he is off to the Buffalo Bills. Congratulations to him. Ryan Quigley is the likely punter at this point. I mean, you know, it's just kind of like bringing in Kai Forbath, I suppose. He's averaged 41.6, at least last year, 55 long for the season. And that's pretty much the case at this point. 
Quigley has been in the NFL for four years officially, three and a half when you think about only six games last year with Arizona. Uh, pretty solid with the New York Jets, though, in his first three seasons, 2013, 14, 15. Average punts about, well, in the upper 44, 45, about 45 a punt, I would say. New uh, is finally with the Jets. Numbers dropped off significantly, unfortunately. Um, that may have led to his departure. Seems to have dropped off a bit as well with Arizona. Only 41.6 last year, but before that again, over 45 a punt. Not bad. Longs of 67, 69, and 68. His first three years, a long of 55 last year. Uh, had a good number of fair catches, touchbacks, nine touchbacks in 2014. Sometimes that's good, sometimes that's bad, I suppose. You don't want to over-punt, and then, of course, you know, instead of pinning a guy in the, in, the, in the ones and stuff, you end up giving him a touchback, so that costs you about 18, 19 yards or so. So there you go with that. Um, it, always, it all depends. A blocked punt a year, basically. Four blocked punts, one each season. That's kind of funny for Mr. Quigley. So there he is, I guess. That's your new punter at this page, Ryan Quigley. He'll wear the number four. And uh, we'll let him do what he does. Uh, <laughs> hope for the best of him. Yes, Chris Cluey did used to wear that number, and he gave it up to Mr. Brett Favre. Remember that very well. And he ended up wearing five after that. So it is what it is. Oh, Ryan Quigley. We'll see. Uh, he'll he'll at minimum be trying out with somebody else. We'll see. But at this stage, same age as Ricky Rubio, literally January 1990, just like Rubio. So <laughs> his mid to upper 20s coming in here. He'll be 27 at the end of the season. He's 26 at this moment, so I don't even know why I even said that about the end of the season. Who cares? It's the whole season now. So, um, well, all right. At least you have a name. You have somebody who's been in the league, experienced, and he's had some good moments, very strong numbers with the Jets. I've actually, uh, you know, I heard of him before, definitely. I remember him with the Jets. Not bad at all, and then struggled last year with Arizona, but kind of, well... I don't know. Hopefully he can get it going in purple. He'll be kicking indoors, which helps always. But, well, you know. <laughs> sometimes it matters, sometimes it doesn't. You hope it does. I don't know. Uh, <laughs> so that pretty much wraps up free agency at this stage. Are the Vikings looking for a tight end in the draft? Probably. I mean, well, maybe, maybe not. I mean, you still have uh, Michael Pruitt to go along with Kyle Rudolph. I mean, I don't. I wouldn't certainly wouldn't make tight end a priority, but you, you never know. They'll probably take one somewhere, fifth, sixth, seventh round. You never know. There's always special teams, running backs, wide receivers, linebackers, stuff like that. I expect the Vikings to take a linebacker somewhere in the draft, maybe earlier at this stage. But uh, looking at a possible running back and Joe Mixon, possibly Mister, uh, possibly an offensive lineman or whoever. We'll see what happens with that. Will the Vikings wind up with Brian Hill at some point from Wyoming? That's another running back in the later rounds. Maybe a uh, bigger guy. Of course, guys like Fournette certainly out of our reach, so we won't even get in that. But man, that guy is a beast, though. I've never seen anybody that big move that quickly. He is going to be a stud in this league, and whoever gets him is going to be very, very, very happy. Whoever gets Joe Mixon is going to be very happy as well. Let's talk about him after this. back here on Purple Mafia. Segment number two, the 2017 NFL Draft will take place. The Minnesota Vikings do not have a first-round pick, but they will have eight overall picks. They will have one in the second round, number 48, two in the third, number 79, and number 86. That one is from Miami, the 86. Two in the fourth round, number 121 and number 129, also from Miami, 
One in the fifth, 160. One in the sixth, 199. And one in the seventh round, which is always some kind of special team specialist, linebacker, wide receiver, whatever the hell it is. Maybe a defensive end. Something like that. Somebody on the, uh, usually in the special team starting out, and who knows, Adi Cole or Michael Motti or God knows, <laughs> Jamar Johnson. You know, you get the idea. It's been guys like that for the last X amount of years. The draft, of course, will be held in Philadelphia, April 27th through 29th. The Vikings will be starting their draft on the 28th, unless we trade up into the late first round to take Joe Mixon or something like that. Who knows what's going to happen? Uh, some people have Mixon going at the start of the second round. Some have him going all the way into the third, even fourth. In, in one of the mock drafts out there, they have Joe Mixon going number one in the fourth round. I would say if the Vikings, uh, well, if Joe Mixon's sitting there for the third round, like 79 or even 86, I'd probably take him, you know. And then hope for the best to get your offensive guard, offensive tackle somewhere along the way as well. To me, you know, you signed Riley Reef to be your left tackle. You signed Mike Remmers to be your right tackle and all that. Uh, you have Alex Boone to be your left guard. Right guard, though, is pretty questionable. You have Jeremiah Serros out there who can kind of be, yeah, he can be right tackle, right guard, and he played left tackle some last year. TJ Clemmings, of course, the worst left tackle in the NFL pretty much, unfortunately, because he's a right tackle anyway, so that would mean Jeremiah Serros should switch more to the left. But at the moment, Serros would be the top guy for the right guard. You got to get going in the draft here. Uh, you got to take probably two guards in the draft and one tackle. That would be my approach, if possible. At least, you know, a lot of these guys are versatile. Not all of them, but some of them are versatile where they can play tackle and guard, all that good stuff. Maybe they're tweeners, which isn't always a good thing. Sometimes you got to settle down in a position and be good at it or be great at it, if possible, and not just average. But you get the idea there. Uh, I would say take two guards in the draft and one tackle or... Who knows? Maybe even two tackles. But again, hopefully you can get guys that are versatile to come in. I understand it's good to have starting tackles, guys you paid money, you committed to. And at the same time, see, it's like you think maybe you can get somebody in the draft who will be better someday. But again, usually they don't start out better right out of the gate. You get them going early. Yeah, yeah, they play a backup role. Obviously, they develop in practices and in scrimmages and all that. And, of course, in a backup roles in games. And you never know if somebody gets hurt, they go in there. Or maybe they outplay someone else and they steal the job away. And they continue to move up in training camp all the way into the uh, regular season. All that good stuff. So, again, I hope the Vikings take at least three offensive linemen in this draft. Uh, lots of talk about defensive line as well. Continues to be floating around. Linebackers. The Vikings will take at least one linebacker in the draft. Maybe one wide receiver. There's one guy that I like. You could take maybe in the fifth round if, if he's still there. Uh, a running back of some sorts. Is it a developmental guy? A long-term type of a star type of guy? Like a Joe Mixon? Uh, interesting specialist type of guy? <clears throat> and others like TJ Logan? Uh, Brian Hill is a guy I like an awful lot. We'll talk about them in a second, though. Uh, I do expect the Vikings to take at least one running back in this draft, at least one linebacker, so that's two positions. One wide receiver probably somewhere, but I pray to God not early. I'm talking 5th, 6th, 7th, you know, Stefan Diggs level, Stefan Diggs range, because there's Stefan Diggs type of guys out there. Not not obviously the same type of player, but you get the idea. Uh, a later round wide receiver that will be a very productive player, maybe even a, a starting... <laughs> wide receiver, or at least a number three guy at the bare minimum. Um, you have two main wide receivers already in Stefan Diggs and Adam Thielen. Jarius Wright is still a valuable slot receiver. And then you have Laquan Treadwell. You hope to get something going there. Uh, after that, sure. I mean, uh, there's open spots to take 
one wide receiver in this draft and hope he's a guy that can stick around and be something other than just special teams or whatever, or just a guy who's, you know, hopefully in their situational uh, trick play, whatever it is. So that's pretty much where we stand with that. Let's talk about running backs a little bit here because, I mean, see, offensive linemen, you can only talk so much about them. Running backs are more interesting to talk about. (laughs) And we will get to the offensive line after that, but let's start off with running back. Obviously, Adrian Peterson... He, is, uh, he has visited the Patriots. He'll be visiting the Saints as well. So we'll see what happens. <laughs> it's up to you how you feel about that. Joe Mixon, Oklahoma, really, at the end of the day, if he can heap his head on straight, he might be the best running back in this draft. I mean, I'm saying that in all sincerity. You got you got Fournette and, and Cook who are, you know, slotted ahead of him overall. Fournette, Fournette can go all the way from 5th to, like, 20th in the draft. You never know. Just an absolute power animal out of LSU. Just a powerhouse He's got Eddie Lacy's body, but like speed that it's just, you know, I, I don't know exactly who to compare him to. Just crazy jet speed. Uh, he's going to be a force in this league, but the only thing is he's a two down kind of guy. He's Adrian Peterson again in that sense, though a very different, uh, a different player, not very different, but just that bull going forward. And he is so quick and so good at it. So far and could be a great player in this, in this league, but Joe Mixon, I think has the tools to be a great player. If he can keep his head on straight, his nose clean, all that, uh, his overall running game, like again, the two down situations we'll say is extremely similar to Adrian Peterson, the power, the well-timed shifts, the explosiveness. And he, he has that third gear. He's, he's remarkably similar to Adrian Peterson. I swear he modeled a part of his game after him, but <laughs> But you can add an incredible ability to catch to, to catch a pass, to pass catch as well. He clearly is what you call a three down back in this league. He can convert huge plays downfield. He can make big catches down the field, open things up. Uh, he can really keep the defense honest in that sense, make those big plays. You think maybe a play action to him, and then, oh, he's still open because, yeah, he's open because nobody's on him, and there he is, 28 yards down the field, big time first down, and away we go. Way, away we go into, uh, you know, whoever's territory, Packer territory, you hope, and all that. Uh, his stock has been rising in some mock drafts, obviously others. I mean, some people still have him in the fourth round because of the whole domestic assault issue and all that. And this town we've been through with Adrian Peterson, everybody flipping out about what took place there. And, oh, my God, what's the last thing you want? You get all these mixed results, mixed opinions, and you'll be hearing a whole lot of it if the Vikings ultimately do draft Joe Mixon. I think they won't. Not because, not because it's like, oh my God, we can't, we can't. It's too too much of a PR hit. But you know, there's other needs. You need the offensive line, and if there's a guard or a tackle available there that is, you know, a legitimate guy that <laughs> deserves to be picked in that spot, the Vikings should take him. Um, or maybe a defensive end, defensive tackle. That's that talk has been continuing as well because the defensive line, especially defensive tackle with Sharif Floyd, that situation very much in question. So the Vikings will be taking defensive tackles along the way, like I was saying. Um, I think, yep, running back, receiver, linebacker, that's three three linemen, and that leaves you with two more positions. So, yeah, at least one defensive uh, lineman along the way in there, maybe a tight end, or God only knows there, <laughs> maybe another linebacker or whatever that uh, reserves a open spot there. Um, but I think you may have to trade up from 48 to get Joe Mixon if you really, really want him. And I think he will be a great player in this league, again, if he can keep his head on straight. Dante Foreman out of Texas, he he doesn't excite me that much. Kind of, you know, he's very much a north-south guy, more of that traditional two-down back. So it doesn't really make me that excited. 
if he's there in the third round and you really like him, they really like what, you know, he might be a possible choice there. Me, I'm not blown away, but still, he's all right. (laughs) He doesn't blow me away as a must-have. Christian McCaffrey out of Stanford, that guy's kind of good. He's he's fun. Uh, Very high IQ, very patient. He waits for holes to develop. Then as a quick free to break through defenders, he can really make a move. He can also pass catch. He looks like a wide receiver out there. He's a very rare, uh, forgive this, white running back. Yeah, <laughs> forgive the uh, forgive the term because it shouldn't matter. But um, yeah, he's a white running back. That's kind of rare. Uh, very, uh, very high IQ. I really like his patience, his, his the way he times his his moves, times his bursts, uh, and he's also very fast. Again, fast like a wide receiver. Uh, definitely a make or bake type of guy, though. He could be either a star or a bust in this league. Ultimately. Um, I think he's kind of one of those guys again. Like the stock is going to surge into the hundreds or drop into this into the into the pennies. So with with him, but uh, I think he's going to be a really productive player in this league. Maybe, maybe I'm way off, and he'll he'll be like above average, not great, not bad, that type of thing. But um, I think yeah, again, it's either uh, boom or bust with him. In my humble opinion, that's just me. Uh, Tariq Cohen. Small in stature, smaller guy, kind of like McKinnon. Very similar, you know, the quickness, the speed, all that. I think he has a higher ceiling than McKinnon, though. Uh, He's extremely quick, explosive, more than capable of pass catching, big plays downfield, nice one-handed catch here and there. The guy's got hands, and that's great. Another wide receiver, or excuse me, another running back, capable of stretching the field and such. You know, he he can give you those third down plays that can get, you know, can move the chains, and of course... Changed the momentum of the entire game. Big plays like that. Obviously, Chester Taylor did the short short yardage ones that were, you know, he would get you those seven yards on those third and seven, or he'd get you seven on third and five, or, or nine on third and seven, whatever. You get the idea. Eleven, maybe here and there, third and nine. He would get those huge third downs that would change the game. He, he, would, he would keep the drive alive, which obviously, you, you know what that leads to, hopefully, is points on the board. That's the object of the game. Um, I like Tariq Cohen an awful lot. I, I really do. Um, the only problem is, is well, somebody's going to cancel somebody out unless you're going for that earth, wind, and fire. Otherwise, the Latavius Murray is the thunder to one of these guys. Lightning. Uh, unless, again, one of them becomes fire, like earth, wind, and fire, that type of thing. That's the one fear is you have three running backs who probably all deserve snaps, and they kind of start to cancel each other out, particularly Cohen and McKinnon. But um, if McKinnon... Doesn't, you know, if McKinnon is getting to a point where it's just he's already reached the ceiling and this guy has a higher ceiling, I, you know, he's a guy I'd look at. Again, you know, we're talking third, fourth, or fourth round, maybe fifth. Brian Hill's another guy who would fall in those range, three to five range. Really like Brian Hill out of Wyoming. Um, you know, this guy <laughs> might be kind of like Latavius Murray in a sense of how he slips, you know, into the later rounds, fifth, sixth, anywhere from third to sixth with Brian Hill out of Wyoming. I like this guy. He is a workhorse, man. He's a beast, and he's he's tough. Uh, it's like he's not the biggest guy ever, but he's certainly not small. He's he's definitely a taller guy, taller running back, and he's he's big. He's not afraid to absorb dish out hits. He he is like you know just a farmhand out there. Just <laughs> not afraid to get dirty. Again, like I'm saying, a farmhand. Not afraid to get dirty. Not afraid to just roll right over people if need be. He has a look of one of those, you know, mid to late round running backs that could be in the NFL for 10 freaking years. I mean, I, I think Brian Hill's going to be in the league for many years, on, on, honest to God. And I'll be very surprised if he doesn't have a successful career in this league. 
this is a guy I would absolutely, you know, be, I, I would be thrilled if you see fifth round, maybe even fourth round, the Vikings are like Brian Hill, you know, one of those, maybe, you know, one of those second, fourth round, maybe the second, fourth round pick if he's still there. I'd be thrilled. <laughs> 22 touchdowns last year as a junior at Wyoming, and I love those uniforms too. Uh, absolute workhorse, man. Never gives up. He, he, he hits the holes as they develop. He's not super flashy, but still, still, uh, you know, not flashy, but still a guy who I think, again, like Latavius Murray is going to make a name for himself in this league and will play. Will play many downs for many years. That doesn't mean he's going to be a superstar, but it does mean he'll be productive to above average in this league and maybe maybe even beyond that. You just never know. Uh, again, not a superstar, but he'll probably be very good, like a very solid running back that people will love to have on this roster or somewhere else, <laughs> ultimately, because there's 31 other teams in the NFL. Like Cohen, though, also in a lesser conference. Um, Wyoming and, and where Tory, Tory Cohen played as well in the North Carolina area. Um, not so much. So TJ Logan is actually from the North Carolina Tar Heels. Fun guy. I, I like him. Uh, he's extremely fast. More than capable of becoming a special team star, if not a successful running back in the NFL. This might be your Cordero Patterson replacement. Maybe. Um, maybe. Uh, if you take TJ Logan, that's exactly what you would take him to be, I think. And then beyond that, maybe uh, maybe kind of a trick player. You know, he's, he's got that track star speed. Kind of a trick play running back. You know, uh, special sets, all that. Situational running back. Definitely a third down guy in a situation. Maybe it's third and 11, something like that. Third and semi-long. You get it to him and he breaks through a couple of people and Maybe he gets his 15, 16 yards and gives you something there. Uh, Extremely nice hands. He can really catch the ball, which is great. And again, you're going to need that as a kick returner as well. Uh, Shiftiness, cat quick, track star speed, at least can be a third down. Yep, ultimately running back. Likely, he's likely not a workload running back, though. Like, you're not going to see him in the first two downs. So, again, he'll go anywhere from third to fifth, maybe sixth round. But will be a valuable guy in this league, in my humble opinion. I like TJ Lokic. Fun. He'll be, he would be a fun pick, but again, not franchise-changing in terms of like your star running back of the future. But again, special teams, if you need a special teams ace, TJ Logan could be your guy, in my humble opinion. Offensive line, Tyler Moten. I keep thinking he's going to wind up here. Somehow I have a feeling that PJ Flex guy will row the boat into Winter Park. I, I, I got that feeling. He'll be taken in the third or fourth round. Uh, Tyler Moten is a guy I think the Vikings, that could be the tackle the Vikings get in El Drafto, uh, in my humble opinion. Pardon the goofball uh, uh, goofball phrase there. Uh, Tyler Moten, though, again, um, just kind of solid. Nothing spectacular. He's actually a guard, pardon me. He's an offensive guard, but can play both, just like everybody else. Six foot five, so he's a pretty big dude. He can play both. You, you know, you're going to be able to say this about anybody. Um, I'd love the guy out of Wisconsin, Ramsek. Uh, obviously, Forrest Lamp is the cream of the crop. And he's a guy whose stock rose during the course of the season. Western Kentucky's got another guy that I like a lot, the wide receiver. We'll be talking about him in a minute. But Forrest Lamp, I mean, boy, there was, you know, there was a time when you thought maybe he would slip down and we'd get him because he wasn't uh, rated as high. But his stock has exploded and doesn't look like he'll be coming to the Vikings. Cam Robinson, some people have him dropping into the late, into the early second round. Maybe a trade up and get him. Cam Robinson, Alabama. There was a time he was looked on as about as good as you're going to get at offensive tackle. And of course, Ramsack out of Wisconsin. Those are the two top tackles. Would be amazing. The Vikings can get him. A lot of people like Ethan Postich 
out of LSU. He could be your center of the future. Would not be a bad pick. Uh, you're talking, you know, again, with some uh, with Postage, you're looking maybe third, second, third round. You might end up having to take him with that 48th pick, possibly. Uh, other people have Deion Dawkins out of Temple. He would be a wonderful replacement. For, uh, he would be a wonderful fill-in at guard. Uh, Dan Feeney out of Indiana. A lot of mock drafts have the Vikings taking him 48th overall. I wouldn't complain either. Um, again, there's not a whole lot to say about offensive line. You're not going to sit and watch video all day about offensive linemen, I suppose. Uh, but <laughs> Cam Robinson, obviously, so valuable for Alabama. They did not win the national championship, but they were like right there, just a play away pretty much from uh, just a batted down pass away. Cam Robinson, very valuable left tackle for the Alabama Crimson Tide. Uh, almost won the national championship again, but didn't get it this time. <laughs> Cam Robinson, I'd be, I'd be jumping for joy if the Vikings got him. Obviously a guy who's won in the past and has been very, in an extremely successful uh, program in a very competitive conference and obviously won big bowl games in the past as well. The final four of the NFL, which now exists, which is pretty cool. Uh, excuse me, NFL of college football. Um, we've even heard Dorian Johnson out of Pittsburgh, another possibility at guard. Just please, you know, two or three of these guys. Isaac Asiata is another one down in Utah. He could go third, third to, he, or not third. He's probably looking more as a fourth to sixth rounder. I'd love to bring him in. Uh, People like him a lot. He's uh, might be one of those underrated guards that could have a future in this league. Um, other than that, maybe you go with Wyoming Chase Rollier, <laughs> center to help at the center position. Are the Vikings satisfied with Nick Easton, or is Joe Berger going to be healthy enough to come back again? There's still it's still kind of back and forth with Joe Berger. A little bit of uh, you know, like is he going to come back? Is he going to retire? If, like Phil Old, whole Chad Greenway, that type of situation undecided, so it's kind of tough. Uh, the Vikings might want to look at getting a center at some place. Uh, maybe Chase Rollier, six-round type of deal, or who knows. Uh, John Toth is another one out of Kentucky. Um, I would not be surprised if the Vikings took a center, just like, you know, in the sixth round, like they did uh, the Matt Burks and the uh, John Sullivans over the years. Six-round picks. They were six-rounders, so, who knows, uh, Matt Burke was actually taken as a tackle, but he became a center and was very, very successful. Or Sullivan was taken as a center, uh, didn't play much the first year, a little bit here and there, because Matt Burke would get hurt here and, uh, here and there, because all the time seemed like the poor guy with groin injuries and such. And then, boom, he's gone to Baltimore and he's the starter, second-year guy. Holy smokes, with Brett Favre as the quarterback. Whoa, okay. <laughs> and then he had a pretty good career until his, his back went out on him, and now he's with the Washington Redskins, and he's, he's doing okay. So, um, yeah, don't be surprised to see the Vikings take a center along the way. That might be, instead of one of the guard positions, maybe a center, tackle, and guard, like all three. Obviously, centers can play guard as well, some of them, the more versatile ones. So it kind of is what it is, depending on the size of the guy. But generally speaking, they're guards because they're more on the inside. They're more used to the inside. So we'll just allow that to develop as is. <sighs> yes, three offensive linemen in this draft. Three, nothing less. It's got to be three. If they take only two or one, I'm going to be ticked off, and I think many other people will as well. Taewon Taylor out of Western Kentucky. I'm not going to focus majorly on wide receivers here because I don't want the Vikings to take more than one wide receiver, and I don't want to take anybody high. The Vikings have not been successful taking a wide receiver high in the first round other than Randy Moss, and that's because he was a superstar who dropped to 21, you know. So many others have completely busted out on us. I mean, 
don't even want to think about some of them. I mean, you know, I mean, so many. Even the big free agent ones. You, you bring him in, and it's like, <laughs> oh, that's that's all you got. That's it, huh? Huh? Greg Jennings, you know, he was okay here and there, but overall, not really. Uh, Bernard Berrien, huge disappointment. Uh, Dwayne Bates, well, he wasn't really ranked real high. But uh, Derek Alexander, another one the Vikings brought in. Big name, you know, big name wide receiver, and he screwed. He just, you know, just sucked. He was huge, a huge disappointment. Um, of course, Laquan Treadwell hasn't done jack squat so far. And why am I blanking on the guy the Vikings took in 2005? It's like I tried to forget him, obviously. Troy Williamson, just a disaster. Of course, Erasmus James wasn't much of a help either. 2005 first-round pick. I remember every time the Vikings had two first-round picks, at least one of them would be a massive bust, like 1999. Okay, Culpepper was all right, but then you had that freaking Demetrius Underwood. Like, good Lord, you know. Back-to-back times, you bring in a defensive end late in that first round, and they just crap all over you. Okay, it wasn't, you know, but when you have two back-to-back times when the Vikings had two first-round picks, they crapped all over themselves. Now it's really Floyd, of course, with the nerve issue. That's frustrating. We'll be talking about that in the fan interaction segment to get to hear your uh, response to that. Um, but, no, I really like... Uh, Taewon Taylor, that's an interesting name. Taewon Taylor, he's about, he's, you know, is he 5'11", is he six foot? He's just a tiny bit over 200 pounds. Western Kentucky, kind of lanky, thin wide receiver who, yeah, I, I, I like him a lot. He just gets open and he makes plays. He's got, a, you know, he could be one of those guys, again, fourth, fifth round, you might, and of course, I keep talking about fourth, fifth round all the time, but guys can go anywhere, obviously, but... It seems like you, it seems like that's where you can nail sometimes. You can really nail somebody sometimes. Get a really good player, like a skill guy, rather than say like just take a random linebacker like Nate Triplett, who did nothing, didn't even make it out of training camp, out of Minnesota Gophers. Yeah, yeah, but didn't even make it out of training camp. Your fifth round pick, you end up cutting him. You had Bill, uh, you had Willie Beavers. They keep calling him Billy Weavers, but that's really all he is to me. Uh, in the fourth round last year, instead of taking a guy who's a complete bust, obviously, and I know you're trying to get an offensive lineman, but that one was a complete bust. I mean, there's got to be better ones out there. Uh, that's the crappy part. It's like you want to throw darts at the screen, but that's why you take three of them, not just one, you know? <laughs> so it's like you contradict yourself a little bit with that, but at the same time, I mean, if there's a skill guy in the fifth round rather than taking him early, like second, first round, Taewon Taylor, a guy, you know, take a Taewon Taylor rather than some of these other guys higher up, ranked higher, that'll, who knows what they're going to do. I think Taylor could be another one of those mid to late round wide receivers that'll be very productive in this league, like Stefan Diggs was. Different player, complete, uh, definitely a different player, more of a true wide out, I think, though he is capable of everything. He is a everything kind of wide receiver. He can go. He, he can go deep. He can beat his man. He often had to slow down to <laughs> catch up to let the pass catch up to him. Really love the guy's speed. Love love the ability. Love his ability to break through cornerbacks. He he'll he'll get through jams, and he'll avoid contact in terms of not because he's afraid of it, but because well he's quick enough that he can get past guys without getting slowed down from the defenders, the defensive backs, secondary. And he'll make the catch, and it's fantastic. And also, he's the kind of guy who can make the short yardage catch and break through the line as well. 
uh, the, the line of defense and get the first down. So he, he can make short yardage plays up the middle, and he's also very capable deep. It seems like that's more of what he's about, but he's capable of all the above. So that's what really intrigues me about Taewon Taylor, and that's why he's kind of a highlight to me out of these wide receivers uh, that, that could show up. You know, Chris Goodwin out of Penn State, other names out there. They're interesting players, but for some reason, just Taewon Taylor, I really like what I see out of him, and I love that bright silver helmet too, but... <laughs> Not related, uh, ultimately, to why I would take him. Um, I like the versatility, and, you know, <laughs> it's tough to acknowledge Laquan Treadwell as a bust. Maybe he still will end up being a good player in this league, particularly short yardage, try to get through a line of defense, that type of guy. You wish, you hope, you pray he could be an Anquan Bolden type. That's what I was hoping he was going to be. It's not over yet, but it's it's one year closer to being over for uh, Laquan Treadwell. In this league, another first-round bust at wide receiver for the Vikings. Again, as there's a pretty big list now. Um, but the later-round guys, they seem to emerge sometimes. And uh, I think Taewon Taylor could be that guy, Western Kentucky, if the Vikings were fortunate enough to pick up Taewon Taylor in, say, fourth, fifth-round-ish, maybe sixth. But I, I don't think he's going to slip that far. And if he does take him now, like, immediately, if he's there in the sixth round, you have to take him. I frankly think in the fifth round, unless there is an offensive lineman you just are in love with, or maybe a linebacker you think is getting missed, even though I'm kind of scared to take a linebacker in the fifth round for obvious reasons. I'm thinking, if you're going to take a linebacker, you got to go third or sixth, something like that. Um, and, of course, seventh round is always a possibility, too. Uh, luckily, the Vikings still are are blessed with uh, and Hendricks and Barr, even though they have inconsistencies. They're still young, developing, and could be stars in this league. Um but uh, we'll just have to let that develop as is ultimately there. Uh, developmental quarterback somewhere, someplace. I don't know where to go with this one. I mean, I'm having a tough time. I mean, <laughs> Pat Mahomes is going to go too high. Patrick Mahomes, Joshua Dobbs out of Tennessee. Eh, you know, I mean, he's okay. But some people think he's going to slip all the way to the seventh round. I don't know about that. I mean, but whatever. Um, I'm not really thinking about a quarterback right now. Because you have, like, four quarterbacks on the roster. So, I I don't know. I If the Vikings take a quarterback, it'll probably be, like, a, what the hell, you know? Might even be a Mitch Leidner type, which would be bullcrap. You're not going to get anywhere with him anyway. So, I mean, I don't think quarterback is going to be the focus of this draft, even though it doesn't hurt to take a guy later. Maybe Alec Targeson out of Pennsylvania, a strange name there, but obviously a guy with it. It could be something. Central Michigan's Rush Cooper or Cooper Rush, pardon me, uh, you might uh, end up, it sounds like it should be Rush Cooper, but it's, isn't that funny? It's like, yeah. <laughs> but um, it's just one of those where maybe you take him late and you get really lucky, and he ends up being something like Tom Brady, you know, but the odds of, odds of that happening are very slim, but I don't know. If you keep taking quarterbacks here and there, maybe you hit, maybe hit pay dirt just once, you already have a legitimate starting quarterback in Sam Bradford. You're hoping Teddy Bridgewater can come back. You have Case Keenum as a adequate backup. And you have Tyler Heineke, who's a guy, you know, out of Iowa who, well, he's, you know, he's got some, he, he has a skill set in this league. He deserves to at least be on the sidelines with a clipboard at minimum. I don't think he should be cut or sent to practice squad or whatever. Um, so it, it's just, you know, do we really need a fifth quarterback 
that's the thing. That's why I'm not all that focused on the on it this time around. So I didn't. I'm not going to sit and watch extensive film on quarterbacks all day because, you know, like I did with uh, Zach Mattenberg, I just fell in love with the guy, and unfortunately, you know, he keeps you know, he can't always stay healthy. Skill set doesn't seem to be adding up to the NFL, even though he you see flashes here and there. I would love to see Zach Mattenberger <laughs> succeed in this league, but he hasn't yet. He's bounced around a bit, character issues still to this day, unfortunately. Um, but I don't know how many quarterbacks in the NFL have, have character issues. It seems like like half of them. So it's bullcrap. Uh, character or health or all the above. So that's kind of why I didn't really get uh, crazy with quarterbacks. It's more about, to me, offensive line, possibly. A, well, there will be a running back taken somewhere, a wide receiver taken somewhere, and a linebacker taken somewhere. But again, you don't have a first-round pick. So there's again, you're not going to be taking the cream of the crop at linebacker. So, you know, it's kind of a kind of a it's kind of a crapshoot. Can you bring in the next EJ Henderson somewhere, third round, something like that? Maybe, but I'm not counting on it happening. It, it, it just kind of is what it is. So, you just never know how these guys are going to pan out. But certain ones, I just got a feeling about the like Brian Hill, Taewon Taylor. Can you imagine the Vikings bringing both of those guys? I'd have a smile ear to ear. Just I'd be like, wow, how 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 cool is that? Uh, Moten, I, I just have a feeling he's going to wind up here at some point. One of those third-round picks, Moten. Number two, I would not be surprised if I went to Feeney right now out of Indiana. Uh, out of Indiana. That's kind of who I think will be there. And obviously, if he's available, the Vikings would take him, in my humble opinion. Isaac Asiata is another one. Again, I would not be surprised if the Vikings took fifth, sixth round, something like that. Again, um, that's possibly one of the guards. But, uh, yeah, Taewon Taylor, ear-to-ear smile if the Vikings bring him in. So that's kind of where I stand at this stage. I just bring in, you know, one more wide receiver, bring in as many offensive linemen as you can and hope one or one or two of them stick and end up being pretty good and go from there. Just pray to God it's not more Willie Beavers-type guys that barely make the roster or don't make it at all. Oh, sickening, absolutely. So with that, we will take a quick break and... Jump into fan interaction. And we are back here on Purple Mafia, segment number three, fan interaction segment. Would have liked to have gotten a audio submission from a Sebastian, maybe a, a Dave Martin. Would have been awesome, but I don't know. It's like... I'm getting the vibe that people aren't quite as interested in this draft because no first-round picks and all that stuff. And it's hard to kind of gauge who's going to be available, this and that, and people aren't as interested in the prospects. But I don't know. I had fun looking at them, but I understand. I mean, other people have things to do. Maybe, I don't know. (laughs) It just is what it is. I mean, it's the difference between being a host and a guest, I suppose. A host, you just kind of... You just kind of got to do it, like it or not. You know what I'm saying? <laughs> so it is what it is. Twitter, at Purple Mafia Show, at Purple Mafia Show. And you know what? I was very happy doing it. I love sitting down and analyzing prospects. It's like, at first, you're like, uh-oh, man, look at all these guys. And then you sit down and start enjoying the hell out of it. It's like, huh, and you never know. Maybe you find somebody that might end up being a really good player taken in the fifth rounder or something. I mean, I would be so happy about Brian Hill. I keep talking about it, but... Um, we'll see, you know, I mean, and the receiver, of course, from Western Kentucky. Yeah, well, let's continue, and you will hear a review from Sebastian, most likely, if, if something doesn't come up and he gets busy again, but we'll have time for that, and I'm sure he will get around to that. 
you'll be more prepared, I'm sure, as well. Obviously, you'll have names right there. So it's not like you got to dig and all that through like hundreds of people. So is what it is. Um, again, the Twitter account, at Purple Mafia Show, at Purple Mafia Show. want to thank Tanae Brown, Vince Germano, and... I believe, was it, yep, View from the Cheap Seats, Kevin McMahon, James Beck, also liking it. Thank you guys very much for uh, helping out here, retweeting Tanae and James Beck. Thank you very much for retweeting episode number 240, State of the Vikings 2017. Really appreciate you guys for that. Um, The Grueling Truth was uh, sending me uh, links about uh, prospects and such. I I was retweeting those also. People could check them out, guys that the Vikings could be looking at. Um, here we go. And then Mad Martin says, just catching up to the podcast, that being State of the Vikings, Mad Martin at L-E-U-R-B-O-S-T Viking. So there you go. Mad Martin out of Northern Scotland. He has been a fan favorite, we'll say. Coming on here, Mad Martin's Mad Takes. Awesome. Can't wait to hear from him again. Please do a uh, audio submission of the draft after uh, the draft picks, if you could, Mad Martin. If, if you feel like it, if you're not too busy or this and that, maybe you're more of a regular season guy instead of draft guy. You know, everybody's different. I know Sebastian in the past has loved the draft and such. Free agency is also in play because, well, you know, regular season doesn't start until August, so you have plenty of time to talk about the free agents as well if you feel like it. Uh, Dave Martin says, just catching the podcast. My, my, as I decorate the love, as I decorate, love the recap, and let me say thanks for your great work on these podcasts, and thank you, Dave Martin, very much, and thank you for the, uh, the mad takes. They're so good. Uh, he says, you've podcasted through some bad seasons and done fantastic. Let me say thanks, and I must send an audio submission soon. And I hope you do, Dave. And if I somehow missed one, I apologize. I might start digging again in there. You never know. <laughs> I might have missed one. I pray to God I didn't. Uh, he says, if the numbers are down, so be it. Just remember us, us ones beyond the states. Yours is the only podcast I've listened to of late. And wow, that that's a big compliment. I thank you so much. He says, Silver Star, yep, for the year. Thank you so much, my friend. This podcast gives me lots to think about and keep up the good work. You deserve a diamond star from us. Video games have still got my PS1, 2, 3, and 4. Wow. Yep, well, I only have the 1 and 2. Uh, Xbox 360 is the newest thing I have, and it's mostly to play retro games and, you know, use it as like a smart device. You know what I mean? Uh, yep, I was talking about uh, with uh, Justin Mayer Henry, the Gold Star winner for 2016 out of... Colorado. Yep. It's like so Minnesotans dying for that gold star. Will there be a Minnesota in one of these days? <laughs> I'm just teasing. Um, yep, I'm staring right at the Atari, the Intellivision, in television. Yes, that from 1979, 1980. ColecoVision from 1982. Even the freaking Odyssey 2 from like 78-ish. The Odyssey bleeping 2. How, how cool is that? Uh, and of course, you know, PlayStation 2. I just mentioned that. And I use the Wii specifically for homebrew channel. Don't call the cops on me. No. <laughs> to play retro games, um, you know, Super Nintendo, Nintendo, and, you know, all that. But NES will always be number one to me at the end of the day. Grueling Truth again responds, and Matt Venzel, I was saying, nothing on Murray, anything going on? And he says, my life right now is the Murray watch. Yep, totally understand. And Matt Venzel had to sit and wait all night, and then it finally broke after midnight that the Vikings finally had signed. <sighs> Latavius Murray, yeah, and now it's pretty much, I don't know why you get all this news and stuff, like like a tweet from this guy, like a tweet from that guy, it's kind of too much, but um, it is what it is there, yeah, um, so, 
Thank you uh, very much for that. At Purple Mafia Show. Again, you'll see that in the show description. Let's move on to the Facebook page. And before I go to mine, I will mention at uh, MN Vikes Haven, MN Vikings Haven, MN Vikings Haven, Trevor, Trevor Wickerin, the creator of that wonderful Viking page on Facebook. Do go there. Give it a like, a follow, all that stuff. Con- uh, have a conversation on there. Vikings offseason news, free agency draft, whatever it is, in-game threads, all that fun stuff. Worth it. Go there. He's kind enough to allow me to post links to Purple Mafia on that page. So I can only do... <laughs> I mean, it's the least I can do is give him a shout-out and invite you to that page. Also want to invite you to the Purple Mafia page, of course, on Facebook. It is facebook.com forward slash Purple Mafia Show. Facebook.com forward slash Purple Mafia Show. Let's continue where we left off. State of the Vikings. Mark Carlson out of... Iowa says, Billy Weavers, he loved that, laughing hard on my way to work today. This show is always fresh and fun, and thank you very much, uh, <laughs> Billy Weavers, Willie Beavers. And you know what? I've done it so many times, I forget which one's the right one, but it is Willie Beavers. Okay, so i got to remember to leave it to Beaver. Leave it to Beaver to not make the team, basically. Gerald Swing out of Nebraska, and these guys are both Gold Star winners of the year. 2012 for Mark Carlson, 2014 for Gerald String, we have a Gold Star winner from Nebraska, from Iowa, from <laughs> from from Northern Scotland. Two from Iowa, of course, because yeah, Dave Hickey as well. Just I love Dave Hickey. That guy's awesome. Um, Twenty sixteen. Yep, and of course Colorado. Yep. So we'll continue. Gerald String says thanks for the great show. Another fantastic job. Also, thanks for the shared Bronze Star. A complete honor with two class acts. Mark. Carlson, yep, and Tony Coleman out of South Dakota. Love the show and can't wait for your free agent evaluation, which is going on right now. I hope you enjoyed that. Uh, He says, Vikes making some waves already. Will be interesting to hear your thoughts. Thanks for all the hard work and time you put in. Much appreciated. And thank you very much. And you make it very much worth it. It doesn't feel like like hard work when I hear such kind words from you. Uh, It means an awful lot. It really does. Um, and to know that you're out there listening, like road trips or working out in the backyard, you know, gardening, putting the tulip, watering the tulips, whatever it is, vacuuming the vacuuming the living room floor, whatever, you know. <laughs> I love listening to podcasts and I'm mowing lawns or doing cleanups. And yes, the cleanup season has started, but thank God for the gift of uh, partial recording, you know, recording segments of the show at a time. That how we can sometimes get a uh, more of a project of a show like this one out. This is like a special edition, kind of a pre- uh, premium type of show because it's an it's an off season show with uh, you know different segments going on. You know, you got free agency, uh, draft preview, and of course fan interaction. So yeah, I mean you can record all three segments on three different days sometimes, and and it works out great, and the energy level's fine. It's just you know that way you can kind of work things together despite busy schedules, and that's what I'm doing now. Um, and now that I posted about it, the Vikings had signed former Detroit offensive lineman and new left tackle to the Vikings, Riley Reef. This is mostly again, I mean I, it's like I pass on the news. I don't break news. I pass it on. And that's to get reactions from those of you out there. Brett McCarthy says, get TJ Lang now. And I wish the Vikings did. He's so good. Uh, Brett McCarthy is saying Eddie Lacy's coming to town, and he was. Unfortunately, TJ Lang off to Detroit to replace Riley Reef. Might even be an upgrade from Riley Reef, judging on the uh, the ranking of uh, TJ Lang versus Riley Reef. Unfortunately, Eddie Lacy off to Seattle to be a wannabe beast mode, I suppose. And beast mode may be heading to the Las Vegas, I mean, you know, Los Angeles, I mean, Oakland, I mean, Oakland, I mean, Oakland Raiders, yes. Yeah, I'm going crazy. Mark Carlson says, what? No messing around this year. Fix the broken line, and hell yeah. 
And Gerald Spring says, I love this guy. So very impressed, very happy with Riley Reef. And I'm definitely not against signing Riley Reef. It would have been nice to add another bigger name. It ended up being Mike Remmers, who, you know, he stepped up a bit in Carolina after being let go from the Vikings, the training camp, practice squad, all that a few years ago. Brett McCarthy says, how is he? And I was basically like, so-so. I mean, he, you know, he's not a star, but he's an upgrade from pretty much the situation the Vikings were in last year. I mean, you're talking third-string type of guys here. You're, you're never going to win a Super Bowl with third-string linemen. God bless him. I mean, occasionally that third-string guy might turn out to be a Matt Burke. But most of the time, it doesn't. I mean, we're talking like 16-to-1 odds at best that they're going to end up being a good player. And uh, unfortunately, you got the other 15 out of the 16 in those categories. Jeremiah Searles, he's, he's adequate. He might be more of a backup than a third-stringer where TJ Clemmings, I mean... Well, you know what I mean? Yeah, leave that alone. Another fourth round POS. And, you know, it's like you hope you can get something good out of the fourth round. But I don't know. Hopefully the Vikings can do it this time. But it's been a swing and a miss. And John Gordon would say it better than anybody else. It's a swing and a miss on the breaking ball. Yep, it was a breaking ball. Here it comes. See, it's coming right at you. You're going to crush that thing in the upper deck. Ah, it broke. It It went straight down. You swung and missed because the ball is no longer there where you were swinging. It went down, it dipped, and you struck out, you son of a gun. And that's pretty much what happened. Brett McCarthy says better. Better than what we had. Exactly. Better than what we had last year. I'm okay with it. Lying next, and I wish. But agreed on better than what we had. Ali Sidikai was saying doubtful they get Lang. He appears headed to either Detroit, Seattle, or staying in Green Bay. And he went to Detroit, unfortunately. So he stayed in the... North Division, I keep wanting to say Central, but it's been North for like forever now, so shame on me. Leland, also out of Iowa, says, well, we're having, uh, what is he saying? Um, well, we, we having been hoping for line, we, we're, we've haven't been, having been hoping for linemen, it's a start. And yes, you got two of them, Mike Remmers and Riley Reef. And you add to the left guard, obviously Alex Boone was already there, and you hope you can step up a little bit. And then, again, Raiders signed Cordero Patterson. Yet another player gone, but this one doesn't surprise me, and it really didn't. Uh, I was saying it's okay. Is it just me, or does Zimmer, Zimmer suddenly seem really unpopular? Brett McCarthy, again, once again. He also, Brett McCarthy out of South Dakota, and was also a star winner this, this year. He was a silver star. Yeah, silver star, Brett McCarthy, because so active and so you know, involved with this show. And I want to thank you again. Can't thank you enough, Brett McCarthy. Can um, Leland also, I don't know why I'm not been clicking like. I apologize, Leland. Also, I got to love Leland too. Uh, Brett McCarthy says he was a good, good luck returner. Does he mean kick returner? And that's it. Good kick returner. And that's it. He could not run a passenger at all after being here for four years. And yeah, I mean, it's just, he had a couple of moments in his rookie year and a, an occasional once in a while last year, a little trick play like reverses and such. And I think you can get that from Mr. Logan, T.J. Logan, out of North Carolina. I mean, I would not be disappointed if T.J. Logan wanted up on the Vikings, even if it meant you already had a Brian Hill or a Joe Mixon or whatever. There's your special teams guy, your special teams ace. I think Logan would be a great one, but watch someone else take him. We'll just have to wait and see on that one. We'll talk about that on the next show. We'll find out. Indeed, Mark Carlson says Zimmer is holding the line. Four years is well long enough. He is a talented player but is no wideout. Step up and perform, or pack up and be gone, and that's what happened. Leland says, he started out okay, but this year wasn't great. Don't let the stadium door hit you in the ass. Woo-wee! And that is the 
the out. That's a strikeout for Mr. Uh, Cordell Patterson. <laughs> and then I mentioned Lacey signed the one-year deal in Seattle. Oh, goody. And I was saying I would gladly take Murray at that stage. Justin, Mayor Henry says, as soon as this happened, I imagine Peterson going to Green Bay. Yuck. Mark Carlson liked that. And Leland says, agreed. Mark Carlson liked it laughing there. Uh, Latavius Murray expected to sign with the Vikings. This was from Raiders Wire. And it ended up being correct. And Brett McCarthy simply saying, really? And, yeah, really. <laughs> Vikings signed Dayton Jones. Again, these are articles that I posted links to. Comments from Brett McCarthy. I, I like, I think, I, I like it. I think, I like it, I think. Is he any good? And, yeah, he's all right. Leland didn't like it for some reason. He says, well, he is a backfield not lighting my fire. And, yeah, I mean, you know you know how Zimmer likes to do rotations to keep guys fresh and keep the pass rush coming, and this is what Dayton Jones is. So I'm not against it. I mean, just because he wore a green bay jersey doesn't mean I hate him. So <laughs> I was mentioning the Vikings have agreed to terms with veteran Terrence Newman. Brett McCarthy says, any word on Murray or Cooks? And I was saying it was dragging along. And Mark Carlson says, he's no Antoine Winfield, but he's pretty good. And, yeah, he was very solid. And I was mentioning how the Vikings had, occurred, had agreed to a three-year deal with Adam Thielen. The thoughts, response here, everybody's happy here, very happy. Brett McCarthy says, yes. Justin Mayer-Henry says, nice. Tony Coleman says, good. We need that, dude. Josh Mayer-Henry says, very happy to see this. Patrick Grant says, well-deserved. He and Bradford got into a rhythm last season. Mark Carlson says, that is good news. That is good news. Ali Sidikai says, great move. Can't wait to see him and Diggs this year. Both keep improving. Matt Voldness. Hey, welcome aboard. I remember Matt Voldness from the uh, Timberwolves pages over there. Uh, Flips Army and stuff. So cool to see Matt Voldness involved. He says, do not let Adam go. We need him. And that's exactly what happened. And Leland says, best news of the season so far. And yeah, everybody loves Adam Thielen and Detroit Lakes. We really are loyal to our Minnesota guys, aren't we? We really are, aren't we? <laughs> Man, if only I felt such love, too, but around here. But uh, sometimes I do, sometimes I don't. And you know what? From those of you out there that listen to this show, I do feel it. But generally speaking, not all the time. Uh, I was saying all the Vegas had officially signed Latavius Murray in the middle of the night. Brett McCarthy says, yes, Cook. And Cook left, unfortunately. Uh, Leland says, might be a good replacement. It will give a different look in the backfield, and indeed, indeed, a little bit of thunder to go along with the lightning of Mr. Jarek McKinnon, and don't be surprised to see Matthew Ostiata take his earth side of earth, wind, and fire elsewhere, unfortunately. And this was a very cool conversation. It's Vikings.com and Wabshaw, Mike Wabshaw, and they call him Wabschmidt on KFVN. Just a joke, like he's the Carl Gerbschmidt of the Vikings and all that. Whatever. Um, a very nice video, really like Latavius Murray. A humble individual who just, he, you know, he just gets it and he appreciates the, the league and he appreciates the game of football. He's not a guy who's out there fluttering his hair like freaking <laughs> Cordero Patterson. Just trying to look pretty for the camera. You know, the, you know, the object of the game is to catch the ball, to maybe go forward rather than fluttering your hair and, and smiling for the camera and doing dances in the end zone. You know, I'm happy that you scored a touchdown, but if your whole goal is to just dance around in the end zone and push teammates away while they try to celebrate, you're kind of like, yeah. And I'm not saying that Mr. Cordero did that, but other guys have. Like, hey, don't interrupt my moment. You know what? Screw you. This is the team's moment. It says Vikings 7-0, not Cordero Patterson 7-0, or not, you know, Richard Sherman, you know, 
<laughs> three says seven zero after your pick six. You know what? Screw people like that. It says Seattle. It says Minnesota. It says Oakland. It says Las Vegas. Okay, I've got to stop doing that. I keep pushing this whole Las Vegas thing. <laughs> I'm glad Las Vegas is getting some teams. That's all. And plus, I always say if I ever moved out of state, it would be Nevada. It would. I mean, dry heat, no rain. Have you ever? Those of you that know me on Facebook know how I bitch and moan. Like a freaking crazy person about how much I hate rain. <laughs> because it makes me crazy. Like my, my, I don't know what it is. It's just something inside me just pops and I get weak and sad and I don't know why. But it is what it is. Um, love Latavius Murray. He can catch, he can block, and he can move the ball forward. He's a talented guy, goal line threat, all the above. Massive upgrade for Matt Asiata. So just at least look at it that way. If you don't want to look at him as a star running back, so be it. But at least look at him as a guy who, he, you know, he, he'll, he'll get a 1,000 yards for this team if he gets enough carries to get there. Um, and I'm not saying he needs, like, a, a Ricky Williams level of carries. Just enough carries to be a starting running back, that type of thing. So I mentioned it's happening. The NFL owners vote. The Oakland Raiders move to Texas. Uh, excuse me, Las Vegas. It was a 30-to-1 vote. Insane. 31-to-1, pardon me. Um crazy, and it's not like I wanted the Raiders to leave Oakland. It's just that it's cool to see a team in, in Las Vegas, that's all. Uh, comments on that one are Sebastian says, you going to be a Las Vegas Raiders hat too now, or are you going to get one? Possibly. This is Sebastian Barton. Possibly. Possibly. And I said, if I ever move out of state, it will be Nevada, that's for certain. Yep, because <laughs> he's teasing me because I posted a picture of my Vegas Golden Knights hat, you know, the new hockey team. And unfortunately, one of the Minnesota Wild players is going to wind up there by uh, next year. Crazy to think that they're starting just like that, where Minnesota fans, once they got their team, you know, we got our Minnesota Wild 20 bleeping years ago this this coming June. Can't believe it's been that long that we were awarded a franchise. It was just the Minnesota whatever, and then they finally named it in, was it November or December? 97, and we had to wait three bleeping years. It was just so long, and it wasn't even a real logo. It was just, just wild. It wasn't that 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 badger-looking, bear-looking, whatever-the-hell-it-is-looking thing. You know, like multi-animal, multi-background deal, which is pretty damn unique and pretty cool. Um, it just, you know, you had to wait forever. It was just a, just a joke how long we had to wait because the Civic Center was still standing. So... Yeah, that's just how it goes sometimes. Uh, Sharon Floyd? Oh, Joey, Joey, Joey. It was supposed to be Sharif. Don't you just hate spell check? It's just retarded. Pardon my French there. Maybe I shouldn't use that word, otherwise some guy named, some guy from Kansas City might bite my head off. The hell with that guy, but let's leave that commentary alone. It's fixed now. Gosh, dang it, that drives me insane. Ah, uh, Sharif Floyd dealing with a nerve issue in his knee. That could be career-threatening. And trust me, I did not mean to put Sharon Floyd as any type of uh, commentary. Um, yes, that's why Justin Shatava was teasing me. What does Sharon do for a living anyway? Yes, Justin Shatava. <laughs> he says, that sucks, but what's more important is Sharif's knee. And gotcha. Totally gotcha. Mark Carlson says, what will happen next to this team? It's like a never-ending saga of disasters, big and small. Snowstorm, roof caves in. Teddy goes down in practice, AP out with legal issues, and then injured again. Coach has eye surgery, and on and on, dear Lord. Yeah, absolutely. Uh, insane. Um, the Vikings signed former Rams quarterback Case Keenum to $2 million contract. There's your backup, ladies and gentlemen. At least one of them, anyway. Uh, Yankee says $2 million to warm benches. Heath, you're Jarrett, hopefully I'm saying it right, or Jarrett, 
It says people pay good money to sit in the nosebleed seats in cold stadiums at NFL games. He gets to watch them in a warm stadium from the sideline and gets $2 million for it. Is this country great or what? I agree, Heath. I agree 100%, actually. <laughs> you know what, though? I mean, it's the fact that people pay a lot of money that that uh, money's available, I suppose. But I don't know. I mean, Case Keenum was all right, you know, with the Rams. Turnover issues, though, kind of scare the crap out of me. I think we've had enough of the turnovers in this town, you know? Like Adrian. Like Adrian. Yeah. Uh, Mark Carlson says, I look forward to hearing more about it, and I hope he is a fit with the team and coaches. Thanks for the update, Mr. Palladino, and you're welcome, Mr. Mark Carlson. <laughs> uh, and I was saying how the show, the show was going to be recorded, and it's already partially recorded, this and that, so now we'll get to visitor posts as we roll through this fairly soon. Yep. Uh, yep, Ali Siddiqui, basically, I'm uh, mostly posting articles, and they're great. I encourage you to continue to check out uh, Pro Football Spot with uh, Ali Siddiqui, writes for the Vikings on there. Very much worth it indeed. What was, yep, yeah, right up, uh, Jeff Froyland saying, Riley Reef better than Matt, as in Matt Khalil, and Ali Siddiqui says, certainly less injury prone, that's for sure. Yeah, I agree, and he says, I like him more. He may play left tackle, too. He's better on that side. On the right. On that side, on the right. So, I don't know. I mean, it, it depends. You know, you have some things, you have some reports saying that Remmers is the left tackle and others saying that Reef is the left tackle. i got to think Reef is the left tackle. He's definitely the, the better tackle at this stage. Um, and, yes, thank you again, Ali Sidikai, for all the posts and such. Always awesome. And do check out that page without a doubt. What was this? Chad Green announcing retirement. Yep. And see if there's any others. Brent Jacobson. Brent Jacobson out of the Lakeville area says, I'm wondering if the Vikes would have any interest in Daryl Revis. And that would have been cool. Uh, he says, I am not sure how much he has left. If he could play the slot or how much money he'd demand, having somebody with his pedigree wouldn't hurt the development of guys like my, uh, McKenzie Alexander, Trey Waynes, at all, in my opinion. And I agree completely. I apologize I didn't conversate. I wish somebody else did too, but uh, I apologize for that. It's just... um. I don't know. I mean, uh, the, I guess the Vikings just did not head in that direction. But uh, I suppose a cornerback will be taken somewhere in the draft. Probably one. Probably one. But, uh, again, a veteran would be nice. I guess it's just keeping Terrence Newman at this stage. And Xavier Rhodes is slowly becoming a veteran. He's not really a major one yet. Uh, Brent Jacobson also posting a mock draft for the Vikings along the way. Interesting to think that Cam Robinson. Can you imagine Cam Robinson being there in the second round? I would be so Freaking happy. Uh, Ethan Pulsic also listed as center, but can play guard. Yep, in the third round, Marcus Williams, a safety. Mal Malak Malachi Dupree, wide receiver in the fourth. Pat Evelyn in the, as a center, but can play guard. He's like a lot of them. Yeah, centers and, and guards are kind of interchangeable. Corey Clement, Corey Clement running back in the fifth round. David Sharp, offensive tackle. Yeah, but I, you know what? I don't disagree with the thought of at least throwing darts at these tackles and, and guards and centers if you can. And then uh, Hardy Nickerson Jr., I love that name, linebacker, seventh round. And you know what, I wouldn't, it seems like the Vikings always take a linebacker in that seventh round. They always do, at least for a special teams tackling kind of guy, special teams coverage type of guy. Um, and then maybe hopefully they develop into something like the Adi Coles, Michael Mai, guys like that. It is what it is, but uh, very cool. I, I, I enjoyed these little drafts, and uh, it's still coming, so you're still free to continue that conversation. Uh, Brent Jacobson was saying, what does that have to do with the Vikings NFL draft? It's, yeah, I don't know. There, somebody's 
posting something about someone there. Uh, NFL Fan Gear says, interesting post. Some people dig this store too. <laughs> NFL Fan Gear. So a little bit of spam going on. I'm not too big of a hater, though, at this stage, unless it's, I don't know, some of that stuff I wouldn't want to post it. But um, continued conversation here and such. Ali Siddiqui continuing to post, including the, the Vikings signing Case Keenum. Always do check out Ali's work. And Brent Jacobson with an April Fool's post saying, After all these years of having my heart ripped out by the Vikings, I decided I'm going to become a Packers fan. And I said, look at the date, April Fool's, and, and Brent Jacobs says, that's damn straight, I'd rather eat Ludafisk than root for the Cheesers. And yes, and yes, I agree completely. Yeah, I agree completely. <laughs> Even though I got so mad at Dennis Green one year, I kind of, yeah, when I got so sick of Dennis Green, I wore a Packer hat for like a week or two because I just had enough of that son of a biscuit. But that's a long time ago, and, uh, you know, bygones be bygones, and it's good old memories back in the day, and yeah, well, it is what it is. Let's try not to be too crazy. We do have a phone line. It is 209-736-7877. 209-736-7877. Again, like I said, it is a voicemail. Do treat it as such. Mention you're calling in for Purple Mafia. Do your statement, shout-out, comment, question. Keep to about a minute to three or so. There is a limit when you call the phone line. And then there's the audio submission route, which could be longer if you really want to, especially for a premium show like this. Those of you out there, but again, that's the phone line. I just mentioned that. The information will be in the show description for that. Also, a quick route, too, from the Facebook page. There's the Call Now button. That's how you join in through Facebook Messenger. If you're international, go straight to the phone line. Treat it the exact same way. Then there's the audio submission route where you can use any type of recording application on your smartphone, smart device, whatever it is. Treated the same way as a phone call. It can be longer, as long as it isn't insanely long, like 40 minutes long or something, like 5 minutes, 7 minutes, 8 minutes. I mean, I'm not going to get mad at you, especially if it's a premium show like this. Um, as long as you don't expect me to break down the entire thing from top to bottom, you know, it, for me, it would be more like giving you the floor and I kind of, I'll kind of like pick uh, pick pick on the, uh, the the highlights of the call, the conversation, the general idea, and just certain things you might have said that were like, wow, that's pretty cool, or that's pretty funny, this and that. Uh, email it to paladinolive at yahoo.com, paladinolive at yahoo.com. Again, in the show description for cop, copy and paste, that way you can get going quicker if you really want to, this and that, and for spelling issues, and the phone line will be right there rather than you having to... Just listen to me and dial it. So it's all there for you. <laughs> much appreciated. Want to thank you guys very much for listening. Want to thank you for retweeting the show. Those of you, the Vince Germanos, the Tanae Browns, Kevin McMahon out there from the Cheap Seats podcast. That's also Minnesota Vikings show. And why not check it out? Yes, Kevin McMahon. I believe he listens to the show off and on. He's from Wisconsin. I've known him for many years now, at least since 2009-10. It's been a long time. Uh, he started off with a Facebook page. Next thing you know, there's a podcast a few years later. So, pretty cool. Kevin McMahon, good guy out there from Wisconsin. Um, thanks again. Uh, continue to tell your friends about the show if you could. Um, I hope you guys enjoyed the review and such, the free agency. Hope you're happy with some of the some of the signings. At least there's a direction somewhat, somehow, some way here. And with, uh, you know, you're bringing, in, uh, you're bringing a running back to replace Adrian Peterson for now. And you look to address the offensive line and you continue to hopefully 
address it more long term in the draft and such. We'll just have to wait and see what happens. It's going to be fun to look forward to. Again, I'll have a show after the draft. This will be the last show until about May, uh, probably early May, uh, draft review and such, early to mid-May, depending on how crazy the schedule gets. But I don't know. Um, luckily, me and my brother are getting a tiny bit more help this year from his young youngsters, so helping us out a bit. It just, you know, takes, it helps a little bit, you know, takes a little, <laughs> gives us a little bit of slack, a little bit of freedom, having some helping hands out there, so it's not too crazy as we get older and older, so it just kind of is what it is. Um, just again, thank you for your loyalty and the positivity, the kind words all of you do bring to this show each and every time I'm able to record it. I guess that's it. Enough of my rambling. We will talk to you in about a month.